Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And good afternoon and welcome to Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with the Governor, Gary Herbert. And Governor, thanks for being here today. It's Weather's changing a little bit. and Yes, I uh, looks like a little fall is in the air and a uh, change of climate. Uh, it'll be a little cooler. And I hear from the weather forecast that maybe a little dusting of the tops of the mountains here over the next couple of days. I'm not so, sure how I feel about that. But well, I, it's football season. We've got to get a little course. more fall in the air. So. Of course. I understand you have an opening statement today. Well, yes, I always want to say something profound. When okay, we start, we're ready. But, uh, let me just try this. Uh, you know, this was covered a little bit in the press, but uh, it probably is worth repeating. I had the great opportunity to go back to Washington, D.C. and testify before Senator Lamar Alexander's Committee on Health. And with four of my colleagues, uh, three of us were Republicans, two were Democrats, and talking about the health care issue and some of the concerns we have with uh, individual uh, mandate insurance and, and the kind of the collapse we see out there with providers uh, in Utah, for example, nearly half of our counties now only have one provider. They're pulling out because they're losing money. Uh, again, an indication that the Affordable Care Act is not working as it was designed to do, and it's not sustainable over the long haul. So we've got to make some corrections and changes. And out of that came the fact that all of us, Republican and Democrat alike, are saying states need more flexibility. We need to have the ability to control our own destiny that reflects our unique demographics. For example, Utah is a very young state, and our health care needs are different than, say, Florida, which has a lot of retirees and senior citizens. And everything in between of that not only reflects our demographics, but our culture, our politics. And most governors are tired of the one-size-fits-all mentality that comes out of Washington, D.C., which maybe works for a few, but not for the many. And that's clearly been a part of the uh, situation with the Affordable Care Act. Plus, it's just not fis- fiscally sustainable. And so the concerns that we had, we aired that back there. And, and we talked about giving more autonomy to the states. Again, our states have been set up under a constitution to be these laboratories of democracy where they have the ability to innovate and create and find solutions to the problems. And I would submit to you, as we see Utah being very innovative and creative in many ways, certainly our health care costs are uh, the lowest in the nation. That's because of innovation and some of our culture and, uh, and the demographics we have. But we also are finding better ways to provide health care at lower costs. And uh, uh, the country can learn from us as a state. And we can learn from other states and what they're doing. So as laboratories of democracy, we ought to, in fact, empower the states and give more responsibility back to them, particularly on this issue of health care. And so I was very pleased to see yesterday 
people that are following our lead. We've been talking about this for years as far as the state of Utah. Block grant the money to us. We'll find better ways to utilize it and get better bang for the buck uh, and solve the problems in a practical way. So uh, Senator Cassidy and and Senator Graham, along with uh, a couple other senators, Johnson and Heller, have introduced legislation yesterday which actually block grants the money to the states. So Congress has to figure out how much you're willing to spend on health care, X amount of dollars, and then the American people understand fairness, meaning that every state should be entitled to receive a proportionate amount of that money based on their population, their amount of poverty, those kinds of things that are involved with it. And so Utah would get a portion. It would not be as much as California, but proportionally it would be the same. That's fair. That's equitable. And then each state can decide how to, in fact, uh, uh, in, uh, implement their Medicaid program. And we would probably do it very similar across the country, but we'd have some differences in our respective regions and differences in our politics. But we'd get a result. And we can get past this impasse that is so frustrating to everybody that we can't seem to get anything done out of Washington, D.C. So just devolve the authority and the responsibility back to the states uh, you know, the the people don't care whether it's repeal and replace, which is what the Republicans are saying, and they don't care whether it's modify and improve, uh, which is what the Democrats are saying. Yeah, we, we understand the Affordable Care Act needs some modification, some improvement. It's not uh, the way it needs to be. But uh, both of those end up being the same thing. Repeal and replace with what? Modify and improve to what? And uh, we're just suggesting as governors and uh, with this legislation, this is a good way to resolve that impasse and let the states, we'd have creativity, we'd empower the states, and who knows what we'd come up with. So I'm hopeful, again, our own uh, congressional delegation can get behind this. this. The governors are getting behind this uh, big time. We probably have about 18 that are behind it now and already. Uh, Senator Hatch has an important committee assignment as the chairman of the Finance Committee where this has to be heard to get a vote. And so uh, I hope that Senator Hatch will allow that to happen and, and, and do it in a timely fashion. And although this is not a perfect bill, there's no perfect piece of legislation, I hope that we understand let's not let perfect be the enemy of good. This will improve things. It's a step forward. It's something that both sides of the aisle can embrace. Democrat and Republican governors are okay with more flexibility and taking on the responsibility and with the parameters given to us by the legislature or the Congress to, in fact, improve Medicaid and and provide it for our citizens. So I'm hopeful. This really is a common sense solution and it would make sense for both sides of the aisle. So uh, let's get her done is what I'd say. And I hope that our congressional delegation will help that to happen. Right. You mentioned, though, this is running into roadblocks. Healthcare issue is running into roadblocks in both the House and Senate. Really, how optimistic are you that really the attitude has changed enough to allow any sort of legislation to move forward? Well, interestingly enough, after this, this was introduced yesterday, uh, and I appreciate the good work of the senators and, and really following the lead of what governors have been talking about for a number of years, actually. It was part of my initiative when I was the chairman of the National Governors Association. But I appreciate the fact that the White House has now come out and said, hey, we like this uh, uh, Cassidy-Graham approach. We like the fact that governors behind it. And they're throwing their support and saying, we think this is a, a good step in the right direction. So getting positive reviews from the White House, from the president, the vice president, I think is a step 
step in the right direction. Hopefully that will help uh, people coalesce around this. You need to get 50 votes. That seems to be the magic number, and I think we're pretty close to that already. So with a little bit of work and a little bit of leadership on the part of the Senate and with the help of the White House, I think we can get to 50-plus votes. I know uh, we have some Democrat senators that I've talked to that have an interest in supporting this. And wouldn't it be nice if we finally found a bipartisan way to get it done? You know, the Affordable Care Act was passed along partisan lines. It was very divisive, and it's become divisive. It's been divisive for the last five or six years. Uh, it would probably be a mistake to have a cure that's also just purely partisan. This is one that Republicans and Democrats alike can say, hey, I'm a Democrat governor. I'm going to do it this way. It's maybe a little different than how they're doing in Utah, but it's the way we'll do it in California. So Jerry Brown can do what he wants to do, and if he wants to add a little state money to the federal money and have a more robust program uh, here in Utah, we don't have to worry about waivers for work requirements and work opportunities where we say we're going to give you health care. We're also going to give you uh, training and education and skills so you can get off of government assistance by having a job, assuming that you're able-bodied and uh, physically and mentally capable. So we'll have a little different uh, nuances on it, but Republicans and Democrats alike can say, hey, you know what? We can do what we want to do as our own politics would require in our respective states. What a novel idea. You know, let the states find solutions to the problem. Let's move forward, right? Yeah. Last month when you were here, we talked extensively about the issue of homelessness in downtown Salt Lake City and problems that surround homelessness, really crime not necessarily related to the homeless population. But now you've actually called a special session. And tell us what you hope to accomplish in that special session. Well, part of the efforts, you know, was to first let's get rid of the crime and uh, the, it, people sometimes get confused as it kind of gets glommed together. It's not about homelessness in law enforcement. It's about uh, lawlessness in, in law enforcement. And we have found uh, to what we've suspected, and it's true, true, that we have people that are criminals that are preying upon these uh, homeless people or are vulnerable, and some of them have addiction problems, and they're promoting that. And so the drug cartels, the drug pushers, we first of all need to get rid of them. And that's why we've had such a significant law enforcement effort. Let me just give credit to uh, those involved, to uh, Commissioner Keith Squires, who's kind of led that effort for the state, state in bringing together the different law enforcement agencies of Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County and uh, done a great job. Uh, Lieutenant Governor working with Speaker Hughes uh, and uh, the, this cooperation between the state and uh, really with the county, Ben McAdams and uh, Mayor Biskupski for the city, has been unprecedented. And uh, so I applaud all of them, the, the work they're, they're doing. The next step, though, is to make sure that those who have addictions have treatment. And we're moving into that second phase, and, and uh, that means we need to have opportunities for them to be sorted out, sifted through, and, and whether that's after they're arrested and we put them into a drug court uh, rehabilitation opportunity, uh, um, or what we're trying to do with closing the Rio Grande Street is to provide a safe haven where they will not have to worry about these predators, you know, uh, uh, trying to push their drugs and have other criminal activity. And so that's taken a little bit of time to get that Rio Grande Road Street closed. That's happened now. But it appears we're going to need to have some legislation so we can create authority for the cities to, in fact, close up permanently for these kinds of events. So we will have a special session next Wednesday, which will allow us to, in fact, do that very thing.
Does that also include any sort of funding? Well, there, there, certainly the state stepped up and said, we're going to do our part here to help and not have the obligation solely upon the city and the county. And so resources are necessary. I've talked with our Office of Management and Budget. We think we can cash flow this with existing monies that we have already. It'll probably have to be addressed in the general session to make sure we have ongoing funds to take care of this because this is we're going to be in this for the long haul. This is going to take us a while to get this to where we need it to be. And uh, But I don't think we're going to need to have anything on the special session next Wednesday that has to do with the financing. All right. The number to call if you'd like to be part of the program, 575-8255, or you can text your questions to 57500. We have a couple of callers already on the line, and we'll be back in just one minute. 